From MinTech, the Micro Nanotechnology Education Center, this is Talking Technicians, the podcast about technicians, who they are, what they do, and where they come from. I'm your host, Peter Kazarnov. I teach technicians and engineers at Portland Community College. In each episode, you'll meet a working technician and hear their story. That means real interviews with real technicians about real jobs. At the end of each episode, you'll hear actions you can take if you want to be a technician too. In this episode, you'll meet Christian. Christian works at the Oak Crest Institute of Science in Monrovia, California. Christian, welcome to Talking Technicians. Thank you, Peter. I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for coming. So how, uh, where do you live and how long have you been there for? So um, I actually live in Ballpark, Park, California. It's about 10 minute drive to work. And I've actually lived there my entire life. I, uh, my parents bought a house there before I was born and I was happily raised and still live there. <laughs> do you share, uh, care to share anything about your family or household? Is any of your family still around in California? I am the only boy of three sisters and I am also the only one to go into STEM. My sisters did go to universities. Um, they all majored in child services. And I am the only one to go into STEM. So it was a little, it's a little different. And tell me about where you work. Uh, what is the Oak Crest Institute of Science? And what do you do there? Yes. So the Oak Crest Institute of Science is a pretty elaborate lab. We have a lot of different laboratories from a chem analytical lab. To all the way to imaging prep, where is where I work. Um, Ocrest is an up and coming company. I feel like we have a lot of potential that people don't know how to really reach it, and we have a lot of services that we can provide to universities or other smaller laboratories that I feel like a lot of people don't know our capabilities yet. And what's your job title? What do you do day to day at work? Yeah, so my job title here is actually an electron microscopist. Um, I am in charge of running the imaging core. Um, some of the day-to-day tasks that entails is as simple as me coming in and cutting sections all day. Tell me about uh, sectioning. Uh, you said, said that you section specimens. Uh, what does that mean and how thick are they? Yeah, so um, I am cutting sections that are um, tissues most of the times. Um, not always tissues. We also do other samples. But um, currently with my project, um, I receive fruit fly tissues, and those are actually um, dissected to a certain um, section of the fruit fly that we are trying to look at. And so I get that, I dehydrate it, I stain it with heavy metals, and then I embed it in resin. And once that resin is um, ready, it's about, it takes about a week. That's about a week and a half process, um, 10 days usually. And so once that is done, um, the block is, of course, a, a regular resin block that we're able to manipulate. I cut the block to the edge of the, the tissues, and then that's when I can uh, start collecting sections because the tissues that we get are only about 10 millimeters thick or, um, or long. Um, so there's not a lot of room for error. So a lot of the times these resin blocks, um, we only have about 10 tissues. So that's only a, a total of like 100 millimeters in total of uh, tissue that we're actually able to work with. So, um, so yeah, so once the resin is ready, um, I actually have to, it's quite a process to get to the tissue. Once I get to the tissue, then I start cutting sections that are about uh, 60 nanometers thick. 
I cut 60 nanometer thick sections. Once those 60 nanometer thick sections have the tissues that are required for me to image, um, then those tissues are put onto block grids that are pre-coated with a form bar. Form bar is also made here. And this is, the form bar is kind of a, a simple thin plastic that is actually a whole, um, meant to hold the sections onto the grid. And once all that is ready, of course, um, I have to stain it again because these sections are so thin that um, light um, electrons actually pass right through them. And if we don't have any heavy metals on these sections, um, the electrons pass right through and we're not able to detect the heavy metals. And that's actually how we get our image. You mentioned that you were an electron microscopist. What is an electron microscopist and what is an electron microscope? Uh, electron microscopist, I usually work with the microscopes that use electrons to acquire an image. And these electrons uh, bounce off of, of course, the surfaces of uh, either the tissue, or we also have a scanning electron microscope, which scans uh, the surfaces of on top of the, uh, most of the time that's insects that we look at to use for the scanning electron microscope. And what I use uh, to look at the sections that are 60 nanometers thick, it's called the transmission electron microscope. So these are two different um, machines that we actually have in-house. And uh, so the transmission electron, transmission electron microscope is what I use um, more on a day-to-day. Um, so that one actually is uh, in a high-pressure vacuum. Um, oil, uh, oil is used to remove all oxygen and water or practically anything from the column because these electrons, if they hit any of these molecules, um, we, were not gonna, we will never get an image. Um, it's going to be hitting air molecules or anything, and um, the electrons aren't going to be able to get captured and be imaged. Um, so then in the scanning electron microscope, um, that one's actually more for materials. We use that one a lot for um, catheters and stuff like that, people that uh, want to see the surfaces or how exactly um, something is being made, and they want to make sure that, okay, this is, um, this is exactly what we're looking at, or this is exactly what the surface should look like. And that one actually is also a high pressure, uh, but that one um, can be a little delicate um, if you're not careful with the water content of the animal or let's say the material that you're putting in there because uh, it can slowly suck out the water and then it can mess up the vacuum because of course that one also uses oil. And do you work alone or do you work in a team as an electron microscopist? Uh, So my team uh, consists of me and Chris Booster. Uh, So me and Chris actually... um, we're we're always feeding off each other. Um, so he kind of gives me a project to do. And um, if I have any questions, I can always go to him. But of course, I always have a, um, a, a, lar- a large number of mentors here, like uh, Paul Webster, um, Manji, and a lot of others like Mark and JC that I can always go to if I have any questions at all. Um, that's the great beauty of Oakcrest. Um, there's no, like, no doors closed. If I have a question about anything, chemistry, uh, analytical chemistry or anything at all, I can go to any one of my mentors and they're really, they're really willing to help me with anything that I need. At Oakcrest, do you interact with engineers, scientists, or medical doctors, or is it mostly people that operate equipment like you do? Um, it's actually a nice mix of both. So we do get a lot of visitors actually here and people that actually want to see what the behind the scenes is or, oh, uh, let me see the students that you're teaching to do the work that I need to do. So um, I actually get to meet it quite a bit. And um, during COVID, um, we actually had our own sampling um, protocol here. So we actually had to work with a, a doctor from UCLA 
um, to actually get some protocols going and he had to be our medical chief. So it's actually pretty interesting to get to meet these people and see how um, our little organization is able to bring so many people together. Great minds, actually, to open your mind and see what the possibilities are. What did it feel like your first day of work? What did it feel like when you walked into Oakcrest for the first time? Uh, I'm not gonna lie, it was scary. Um, I was really scared the first day of Oakcrest because um, you walk around, you get a safety tour of everything, and so you actually get to see all the machinery that everyone is using or, or going to use or we're fixing. And so you see how much just trust they have in you and saying like, oh, hey, okay, this is the TM, the transmission electron microscope. Um, you're going to be using it about a week. So here's a user manual, get familiar with it and we'll teach you. But I mean, um, of course, no one ever just throws you into the woods and just tells you here, learn it on your own. Um, of course, people are very patient and they learn that you need time to learn the equipment as well. So that's really nice. But, um, but yeah, it was very scary. I got, um, I got a little nervous, didn't think I belonged. Of course, I, I feel like um, the first day was the roughest, but ever since then, I was able to make friends with my colleagues and it's actually a really good environment um, to work in here at Oakcrest. How did you get into your current role as an electron microscopist? What was your work experience, your education experience? Oh, that's a good question. Thank you for asking. Um, so actually, um, I didn't know what an electron microscopist was until about the day that I came to Oakcrest. <laughs> um, so I actually was uh, going to community college, Citrus Community College in located in Glendora, California. And um, I was almost done with my uh, unit, thinking about transferring, not sure what I was going to do in my career or transfer to. And um, I talked to the STEM counselor, um, Marianne Smith, and the other counselors as well. And she, she kind of just told me, like, you, you, can, you can do a lot more than what you think you can. I'm going to give you... Um, I applied, of course, to an internship. And uh, she, she gave me the opportunity to come here at Oakcrest. And um, it was kind of funny because when I got here, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I just knew where the location was. And um, I, right away, I kind of picked up my microscopy. Paul gave me a book uh, from like 1980s. They've never written a new book. It's the same processes and everything. So it was kind of interesting to see how, how something so old can still work and they're still going hard and working good. So um, it, was kind of a, it was kind of a difficult process to see myself getting to where I'm at because it was kind of a, every day it was something new. I was learning a little bit of my uh, microscopy, but I was learning microbiology. Um, so I didn't see myself becoming an electron microscopist until um, really uh, Paul gave me a project and uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was just, it, it was something that I really enjoyed. And uh, I asked Citrus if they can uh, continue um, to pay for me, for, to pay for me to continue learning actually how to be an electron microscopist and uh, Citrus College agreed. And so um, once I really figured out that electron microscopy is what I wanted to do here at Oakcrest, um, Citrus College actually um, paid for me to be here for about three to four months. And um, over the internship uh, timeframe, I got about like $5,000 uh, over three months to, to learn and just be here in the lab. And so it really motivated me to get um, to learn a skill set here at Oakcrest. You mentioned that you studied STEM subjects at uh, Citrus Community College. How did that help you in your current role? The classes I took at Citrus College um, that really prepared me for um, electron microscopy and for Oakcrest overall were molecular biology, 
um, because the teacher in molecular biology, Sullivan, she really, um, she really went in depth to understand that what we're learning is not just in a book, it's real life and it's around us every single day. So she applied it to everyday situations. So um, her class molecular biology really helped me to really, um, really understand what I was looking at when I started looking under a microscope because not everything looks how it looks in a textbook. Uh, you have to kind of have some some hints of okay, this is a ribosome, or oh, this is a a nucleus, like because not everything looks like a textbook, not everything's colored. But she uh, did a really good exam, uh, really good job actually of giving us slides and being like, oh, look at uh, look at this slide. This is how it's going to look in the real world. So that really uh, it, it really piqued my interest and it really led me into going into more STEM classes. And then of course I took um, um anatomy here there at Citrus College, and um, that made me more intrigued about the human body and how we work. And they just really tied into here, electron microscopy, and now working with neuromuscular junctions and actually seeing how those actually work and trying to solve theories that they uh, haven't been solved ever. So it, it's really, it, it really helped me a lot to really appreciate what I'm doing here at Oakcrest. What was something unexpected about working at Oakcrest and working with electron microscopes that you only learned after you started working? So, um, so yeah, so something unexpected I really um, learned about when I started working was that nobody comes from the same place, even in high school, if you didn't want to be in the STEM career, um, somehow, if you really love it, it's going to find you. And um, even in, even in six months prior to, um, to working at Oakcrest, I did not know how a microscope worked. Um, it was something really different for me. I didn't really understand that uh, these are photons or these are electrons and there's different microscopes that we can use for different tools. And so it, it's really unexpected to know that you don't have to know anything about your field. And within six months to three months, you can be published and actually do something if you really put hard work into it and, and your effort into it every single day. Have you published any of the work that you've done at Oakcrest? Yeah. So actually, uh, one of the links I gave you, uh, it's one of my published papers. And uh, recently, I actually finished another publication with uh, Karen Chang in USC. So, uh, but that one's still being revised and everything. So, but yeah, so officially I have one and then I have another one waiting almost close. Congratulations. We'll make sure to share a link to that paper in the show notes. It's pretty impressive uh, that you've already got a couple of publications under your belt. Thank you. So what advice would you give to current students or people who want to transition uh, their careers and work in your industry? I would say to get some hand-on experience first and know that a lab is really what you want to work in. Um, working in a laboratory is a lot of independent uh, working where you have to kind of monitor yourself and say, I have these tests to complete today. And if, if that's not the person you are, then I don't recommend it for you. But if that's if you're a good independent worker, then I really recommend you working in a lab because it, it it's it's challenging, but you get to set your own schedule and get your own time frame and and you know how you like to work after a while. So I, I would recommend it for anyone that likes to their free time. How did your life change after you got this job at Oakcrest? Uh so my life actually changed dramatically. I used to work at Pizza Hut. I used to I used to work uh, delivering pizzas and uh uh, moving furniture, and I used to have all kind of odd jobs. So working in a lab really put some stability in my life, and and really helped me uh, realize that I don't always have to be working and working so hard to just get a couple dollars. And it's 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 better to get some education and 
and <laughs> earn money the right way. <laughs> Christian, do you have any final call to action if people resonate with your story? Uh, I just really want them to give science a try. Um, a lot of people say, especially growing up in a Hispanic household, uh, people say science is hard or it's, uh, it's impossible or it's something that you can't do. And, and people need to uh, understand that uh, the only careers is a doctor is not only a, a dentist or a pharmacist. Like there's a lot of other lab jobs and lab, lab technicians that, um, that love their job, love what they do, work with bacteria, work with microscopes. And it just, open your eyes and you, you can find something in science that you love as well. Christian, thank you so much for being on Talking Technicians and sharing your story with us. Thank you. Bye now. Have a great day. Talking Technicians is produced by Mintech, the Micro Nano Technology Education Center, through financial support from the National Science Foundation's Advanced Technological Education Grant Program. Opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of the National Science Foundation. Join the conversation. If you are a working technician or know someone who is, reach out to us at info at talkingtechnicians.org. We're always looking out for great guests to share more stories with you.